What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Strength Through Struggle podcast. Today, I have a brother from another mother on, but the funny thing is, is me and him tried to record this in the middle of the fitness tour, and it absolutely did not work out. And actually, now that I think about that, when I was on your podcast, we had problems too. So we decided to wait until we had Wi-Fi and internet and all of the things. And so today, I want to introduce to you my buddy, Pedro, who I brought on today to share his story and how he has found strength through his struggle. What's up, my brother? What's up, brother? I'm excited to be here, man. You know, the force of average is coming hard at us, huh? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I, I, I remember on your podcast, man, we were literally talking about Jesus and the devil, and it literally cut us out. We couldn't talk anymore. Yeah, it was crazy. And then when we tried to jam again, it, it completely kicked you off and I couldn't get back on. So yeah, hopefully today uh, we're we're good. Uh, God's with us and not the devil. So with that, man, it's my man Pedro's on. And give me a little bit of your backstory, man. Let these people know where you come from and and, and kind of your 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 beginning of life. Absolutely, man. So uh, first of all, I was born and raised in Guatemala. I moved to the states. It's been eight years, nine years, uh, I believe. I, I have to double check that date. <laughs> but anyway, it's been a long time, man. It's been almost a decade since I left Guatemala. I grew up in a really good family, to be honest with you, man. I not, I don't come from a poor background. My dad was successful in business. So they gave me everything, man. I, I went to private school. They paid for college, which I never finished, but I was very, very spoiled. You know, I was the little one. I'm the only son. I only have sisters. So can you imagine I'm the little one, right? I'm, I'm the eyes of my parents, you know? So that was great growing up, you know, but that shit never served you when you when you get older and you, you become an adult because you don't really grow up with that sense of responsibility that you need to have in your life. So I believe that's where my struggle began, man. Um, through high school, pretty much to my entire life in school, man, it was a struggle for me. I'm the kind of person I, like by nature, I don't like to have other people tell me what to do. You know, I don't, I have issues with authority all the time, man. I, that, I hate it. I don't, don't tell me what the fuck to do because I'm going to get mad at you. You know, it's still to this day, it bothers me, you know, and that's probably why I'm an entrepreneur, man. I never lasted in a freaking job. You know, my last job, in a, uh, it was in a Korean embassy that was back in Guatemala. And literally the cops had to handcuff me and take me out of the embassy <laughs> because somebody disrespect me in the embassy, a co-worker, man. So I almost kicked his ass. So, <laughs> that so you worked in the Korean embassy? <laughs> yeah, I worked for a Korean embassy for almost a year. Holy cow, man. That's rad. I know, man. It was a great experience, you know. But, man, towards the end, the last few months that I was there, I was bored. I was not doing anything productive, you know. It was those months was like completely dead nobody showing up at the embassy like we just like losing wasting our time in there you know and we got in this argument with a co-worker that he was korean then we almost end up in a fight and then that's why they kicked me out but anyway man dude uh like i was saying like became an adult man and, and i was not a responsible adult you know when i turned 18 uh it's a little bit different because here you turn 18 and then you you have to wait until you're 21 until you can do most of the stuff that you can do as an adult in Guatemala is different. You have, once you turn 18, you can drink, you can party, you can do whatever you want. So, man, I became a train wreck. You know, my last few years in, in, in high school, I was a mess doing a bunch of stupid stuff. And uh, when I graduated high school, I went to college and then I, in the middle of college, I was trying to start something on my own. You know, I never liked the idea of, of, of working for somebody. And that's why I struggled. But my parents' pressure was there. Like, you know, you need to find a job. You need to start from the bottom. Like, go find a job. Like, you don't know shit about this, especially from my dad, you know. So that shit always annoyed me, man. And and, and long story short, man, I, I, I made a lot of mistakes. Uh, by the time I was 24, I was engaged. Um, everything went to hell because like I said, I wasn't responsible. Even in my 20, early twenties, man, I was still partying and doing a bunch of shit, not having a job or not being responsible for the job that I had at a certain point Daddy was paying for everything, you know? So that's what I was telling you when I grew up being so spoiled, didn't serve me because I thought that the fucking world owed me something, you know, yeah. <laughs> that's pretty much how I grew up. And, yeah. um, one time and a friend calls me, he's like, Hey man, I'm going to Costa Rica. I want to finish had an opportunity to go finish uh, college there. You want to come with me? Like convince my dad to pay for everything. Moved to Costa Rica for a year. That's right after I broke out with my ex-fiance. Uh, it was a complete party, man, in Costa Rica. Like I did good in, in school. Don't get me wrong. I was a very good student. That's when I realized, man, that 
that I needed to be more independent in my life because being away from my family, I was like, okay, now this is on me. I'm by myself. I need to take care of my money. That's where I started. Everything started clicking to me, you know, but I was almost 25 years old. Long story short, man, went back, fucked things up again with my ex-fiance because I went back chasing her and spent like the last eight months. That was the last eight months I spent in Guatemala, man, depressed, drinking, doing all that bunch of stuff, trying to start a business. People fucked me over, over business, fighting with my parents, trying to start a business with my dad, never worked. So I got depressed, man. I got to a point where like, fuck, what am I doing with my life? You know, what in the fuck I'm doing with my life? And I remember that day, man, never gonna forget that day. I was crying, smoking a cigarette, praying to God. And I was like, give me an opportunity. I just need one more chance for this. I really need to change my life and I need to do something. I don't know what it is, but I need to do it. A couple of weeks later, man, a friend of mine called me and he's like, hey man, come have a couple of drinks to my house. Went to his house. We're talking and then he's like, man, I'm, I'm going to the, um, living to the, um, moving to the US. You know, he's like, I'm not doing anything here productive. And my cousin is there, he's working and um, I just, I'm just living. I was like, fuck man, why don't ask your cousin if there's an opportunity for me too? Maybe there's, they need another employee. And everything at the end ended up working out for me. You know, they called me, they interviewed me through the phone and it's like, okay, we pay for the flight ticket or you pay for the flight ticket. We give you the money here. We need you here before December. December 2nd of that year, man, I was packing all my shit. And that's that's when I left, you know? Wow. That's, the, that's the year I left, man. I was like determined to say, to, to never come back. I was like, this is my opportunity. This is a one-way ticket. I'm not coming back to this shit unless I'm a different person. And that's holy shit started for me, man. <laughs> and you, you haven't been back to Guatemala since? No, I haven't, you know, because what happened is that I moved here as a tourist, right? I had a tourist visa. My whole life, I, I had a tourist visa. I started working in Virginia Beach. We were doing sales. That's what I started learning more about sales because we were selling uh, high-end skincare products and other cosmetics and stuff like that. We, it paid really well, man. It was you, you were really good. You could make like at least 10 to 12 grand a month. You know, oh, wow. selling that shit in the middle of the mall. Yeah, you have to work nine to nine, but it was worth it. You know, I was young. I was I was 25 years old. I was like, holy shit, I have all the energy to do this, you know? Right. But um, then in 2015, man, is uh, I became illegal, you know, because my visa expired. Well, the reality is that six months after you're here, like, because they give you six months once you travel here. But after those six months, if you stay here, you're pretty much not legal anymore. But I still have a, uh, a visa that was still, uh, it wasn't expiring, expiring in 2015. But that's when I, for me, was like, okay, this is, there's no way back. I remember I was in Colorado at that point, man. And I had my passport, my phone. I was like, shit, what am, what am I going to do? You know, because the pressure, man, and those limiting beliefs that I had at that point, you know, and, and, and thinking about disappointing my parents, like, like wow, like this guy's son is now an illegal immigrant in a different country when they gave him everything you know and all that shit was starting to fuck with my mind and i was like no i cannot go back to that shit home man like i go back there i would never gonna come back here so i just my other option was to stay here sucked it up and and figure something out and that's what i did that's what we have in this conversation right now you know yeah so what does that look like you became illegal what it like what 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 do you got to do now like what what happens Man, so I was working the same in business because I became one of the top salesmen when I was with these people in uh, Virginia Beach. So they transferred me to Colorado. They sent me there to, to open another location in a mall. So I was there in Colorado, man. But at that point, things that were not going that well with these people, because again, I started to find my independence, right? I started, I bought my car. I got my own place. I was not living in employees' apartments. And that started creating friction with these guys because... Uh, they didn't have too much power over me. You know, I couldn't live. I couldn't come back, whatever the fuck I wanted. I couldn't do whatever I wanted. If I didn't want to answer my phone on my day off, because they used to do that a lot. Like they will call you on your day off. It's like, listen, someone didn't show up. You need to come in. I didn't answer my phone. They didn't have a place to come and find me. Right. So, man, I just, I, I, I was very scared, man. You know, because that was the year that uh, Trump got elected. And, um, you know, the media, right? They were using at that point all the immigration shit and the, the Trump building the wall and all that stuff. And at that point, I didn't understand some of the stuff that I understand now, you know? So I was afraid, man. I was very, very scared because I, I, I felt like I just have no other option but just 
hide myself from all this shit, you know? So I literally like disappeared from social media. I didn't talk to too much people. I had to drive like very carefully, like always looking over my shoulder. Like it was scary, man. It was a scary time for me because it's like, if I get caught, I'm, I'm fucked. I'm, I'm loose. I will lose all this opportunity. I will never be able to come back. Wow. So, but man, from there, shit didn't get easier, you know, because then I end up fighting with these people. I end up going to work with another guy who bought one of the kiosks at that point. He offered me to help him, like, train his people. And then he's like, you want to st- you want to stay with me? Like, fuck yeah, stay with you. I don't want to go with these motherfuckers. They treat me like a fucking slave, you know, because they <laughs> did, man. They really did treat you like a fucking slave. Yeah. And, uh, no matter how good you are, especially when you start getting better and better, it's like they start demanding more from you. So finally, man broke the relationship with these guys. I stay in Colorado. And that's, that's was one of the times where I started for me, that season, man, was one of the most lonely seasons in my life because I literally had nobody, you know, I was by myself. I was dating someone. She was a complete bitch. So it was that, that didn't help at all, you know, because especially when you're dating someone that is not the right person, instead of you feeling good, you feel more lonely. you know. Yeah. So I, I didn't have nobody, man. I was, it's just, it was just me for like a year. It's funny that you say that because last year, as you know, my book just came out and shit like that. And I, I shared it all in there. And literally last December, I was suicidal. And like I, I was at the bottom of my pit, dude. And I couldn't get out of it. And I couldn't get out of it. Well, we ended up going on tour. And I thought that this tour was going to be like, oh, we're going to see all these people and we're going to roll around and we're going to do all these things. And what it did was I was all alone. And, and, and it basically was like, Tanya and I in a school bus doing doing life, you know, and 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 I believe that God pulled me to be alone so that He could teach me what I needed to know moving forward. Because I've been running for thirty five years, thirty six years trying to do it myself, and He's like, "Yo, you're about thirty seven years old. It's about time for me to get involved here and show you how <laughs> this is really going to work." And and so the tour for me was super fun. Like we learned a ton, and obviously, you know, like a lot of my life changed and a lot of cool shit happened. But on the inside, man, it was like one of the most lonely times ever because there was no one around us. Like we was yeah. literally out in the middle of the country by ourselves and 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 just doing life together, obviously. But it was just the two of us. So yeah. it was it was a challenge. It was different, man. I know exactly what you mean when you say like, yeah, you, you could be sitting in a room full of 100 people, too, and still feel completely alone. And, and, and it's yeah. it's a it's a whole different ballgame when you start feeling like that. Oh yeah, man. You know, it's not easy when you find yourself in Christmas Eve and then you just have a 12 pack of beer, your TV, and that's it, man. And then nobody else around in the yeah. for fucking New Year's. Like that's, that's, that's one of the, like, I think those moments really, really made a change in my life, man. Like, like you said, I think God really uses those times to change you and open your eyes because it was hard, man. It was hard to find myself like sitting alone in my living room, watching TV, watching music videos and, and drinking beer by myself, you know, when my whole life I was used to have always family around and like, because in Guatemala, like the Christmas is like huge celebration, you know, it's like family over on, on the Christmas Eve, like fireworks at, at midnight and dinner and gifts and the entire weekend is like a full party, man, with family. And then, man, after all those years, I was by myself wow. in Colorado, man, alone. Yeah. And I know and I know now that I was not alone, you know, but like God was there with me, you know, and that's and, and at that point, man, I think one of the things that I started learning is like really, really how the struggle starts shaping you to be who you are, you know, and, and, and here's the thing. I think people take that in the wrong way because most people struggle, man, and they get bitter with life. You know, they, they, they take it the wrong way. They start fighting with God. It's like, oh, why God, you allow this? Like, you don't love me and all this stuff. But man, it's, it's really what changes you. You know, like you have two options when you're in the middle of something like that. It's like, or you change your life or you stay bitching about it and you stay average like most, most people, you know? Yeah, for sure. And I like that you said that. I believe that obviously I believe there's some tests in life. So, so in the first part, first half of your life, it was pretty easy, right? You could fuck up. Dad would pay for it. You could fuck up and nothing really happened. Now you get out on your own and it's like, Oh, you remember all that easy shit you had here? Here's a couple of years worth of some hell. And so you can, (laughs) you, you can start to define who you are so that you can start to find out who you are. Cause what I find uh, is that, individuals anymore and i'm i'm one of them and this is part of the problems that that even i found when we were out on tour and the more i dug into myself was 
I heard a pastor say, we don't spend enough time developing ourselves before we get into other relationships. And I'll be honest with you, man, I started dating when I was 13. I lost my virginity when I was 16. And then from there, it was like long-term relationship after long-term relationship. And every one of them ended in fights and cheating and drugs and alcohol and abortions and all this shit. And ultimately I never spent from the, from the crazy girlfriend I had before I met my wife, there was one month in between the two of them. So all I did was brought all my baggage to my wife and she brought all her baggage to me. And in our relationship, we sat with all of our baggage drinking beer together because we never spent the time to develop our individual selves and what our strengths are and what our purpose is and what our presence is and, and, and bring God into our lives and all that. And so I believe that that's part of what makes guys like us, we go through some harder shit because we probably didn't take the time that we should have when we had the time. And so he eventually says, okay, now's the time. And it's like, no, I don't want this. And it's like, nah, you, you didn't hear me. I said, now's the time we're, we're doing this now. I gave you absolutely. this many years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. And you know, man, now that I see things differently, man, because I'm talking to you about what, this was almost what, seven years ago, six years, some some shit like that man during those dark times and um back then i didn't see the things the way i see it now because obviously it was like why in the fuck all this ha- this is happening to me no but man i've been reading this book or i was i just finished reading the book uh how gods makes man you need to get that book man it's so powerful yeah and one of the principles he, he talks about 10 principles uh that god uses to make men and one is like uh, like for the greater good and it's like sometimes we, he allows like he was using the, the the story of Joseph right how he his brothers sold him to, uh, to slavery like how he gave to a good place and then back in prison and all that stuff and at the end it for the, it was for the greater good and now I see things that way man and he's and I'm so grateful that I went through all of that you know I'm so grateful for those times when I was by myself you know because I had the time to really dig into my soul into my thoughts and really think about what I wanted in life you know. Yeah, I dig that too. And and like I've said before, like, I think there's, there's certain men like us that he has created that can endure more of the shit. And I think that at the beginning, I know for me, I can only speak for myself. When that shit first starts hitting, it's like, man, why is this shit happening to me? Why is this shit? And now it's like something comes up and you just like almost giggle at it because it's like, this ain't nothing. I've already been through all kinds of shit. Yeah. You know, I, I've always said, like, I, I got a crap load of tattoos. I've always said, if you if you show me somebody with a shitload of tattoos, I'll show you somebody who's been through a bunch of pain. It's just, it's what we do, man. It's a way of showing it. It's a way of, of harnessing that energy and 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 so it's it's funny to me to like originally it's hard it's hard man this sucks man this sucks but like you said now it's like yeah man this is kind of cool i'm glad that god's (laughs) using me this way like i'm I'm glad i was brought through all that stuff so that today my test can become my testimony and people can learn from it and grow from it and, and, and do whatever they need so that they can advance in their life Absolutely, man. And you know, now that I see things differently, man, it's just, I now understand how important it is to really, really work on yourself a lot. Because during those dark moments, man, you don't realize all the lessons and all the principles that God and life is putting in front of you, you know, like, for example, one of my favorite lessons that I learned during those years, man, when I left Guatemala, and I always shared this with people, you know, I shared this with like, when we have like the apex meetups and all that stuff It's like, because I hear a lot of people always saying, especially in entrepreneurship, no, I'm just waiting for the right moment or I'm just waiting to have enough money for do this or, or no, you know what? I want to do this, but I have a plan B in case this doesn't work. The lesson that I extracted, man, when I decided to leave Guatemala with just one way ticket and never look back, it's like really how important it is to burn the ships and put yourself against the wall. Like, because I didn't have to do this, man. I, I didn't have the need to do this. You know, I, can be right now in Guatemala still, you know, I'm living the fucking miserable life because I had it all, man. I have everything that I needed and I couldn't probably succeed eventually or have a nice job or whatever, but still not be happy because I would not be doing the things that I love to do. You know, I would not be tapping into my purpose. So for me, it was like burning the ships and intentionally putting myself against the wall, man. 
like not having any other option was just to fucking fight and, and, and work with what you have in your hands, you know, which was another lesson too. You know, a lot of people is like, no, I'm waiting to have this. Like I was talking with somebody today, like she's about to start her podcast. It's like, like what equipment do you have and all that stuff? She's like, no, I just have my microphone and my computer. I think that's good. And I was like, yes, that's great that you're starting like that because you don't need to have all the fucking studio shit before you start. You just have to go and do it, you know? Right. And uh, that was another great lesson. Yeah. And, you know, and the other one, man, one of my, another great lesson that I, during, that I extracted, I have so many lessons that I have extracted, but one of my other favorite ones is like, and I believe this one should scare some people, especially if somebody's listening to this and they start still trying to like get sh their shit together, man. Is like the more you allow yourself to be average, man, I think the harder it is the way, the harder it is the process for you to get back from that, from that, you know? I, I agree to that. Like, like, you know me, man, I was 260 pounds, 6,000 milligrams of prescription pills and, and drinking, smoking, doing all the things. And, and it literally took years yeah. What, like what I know now, I wouldn't have even been able to fathom back then or what I've experienced yeah. now, you know, but but because I was so far gone, it wasn't like, you know, there's some people you see like all of a sudden they show up on social media and six months later, it's like, man, they took off like a rocket. And it's like, yeah. it took me five or six years just to get straight like just, you know what i mean just to figure my shit out like you said should i just turn 37 years old and and i told my wife at 36 i believe i finally became a man i went from a boy to a man and i believe it took me literally dying psychologically in my head the day i wanted to blow my fucking brains out i believe i died that day and came back to life as a man realizing that like you have a purpose you have a reason you have you got something to fight for you you have two choices you can either deal with that shit or you can deal with this shit but this is this this is the options and so at 30 set 36 years old i finally felt like i wasn't a boy anymore like now i'm a man and, and i don't mean that like in a weird but it was like things changed. The way I acted was different. The way I moved was different. The way I thought of things was different. You know, it wasn't the childish or the, the young teenage boy shit. It was important adult man yeah. shit that was now the focus. You know what I'm saying? And so, yeah, it's, it's wild how much we change. And, and like I said, man, dude, we got, we got some people that run around in some of the circles with us. They're 20 years old and making hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. Yeah. And, and like, you know, got it, got it going on right now. And, and I, I, I pray that they keep rolling that way and, and keep showing the kids their age or younger that they can do it too you know obviously i'm not making hundreds of thousands of dollars but it's it's cool to see people are all over the map on where they are at in life what they got going on who they can help and and, and what they see and all that shit like i think it was disney disney finally hit it like 62 years old i think yeah. uh colonel sanders kfc i think it finally hit when he was like 75 yeah and it's like you know what i mean so, so you, so it's like you got them huge gaps. You got 20 years old guys making a bunch of money now and you got KFC at, at 75 years old or whatever. So my biggest thing is no matter how far gone you are, you can always come back. But absolutely. No, you can't give up, man. You got to keep going. You know what I mean? And that's the thing, man. I think most people just really gives up, especially men. Like you said, man, for me, I feel the same way. Like I feel like I'm finally tapping into like, who I am as a man. And I've been doing that probably for the past two years. But before that, man, it's just, like you said, it was just like the first six years, the same of this journey, man, it was just to like, really, really put my shit together and realize like all the shit that I was doing wrong with my life. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like you said earlier, like, like the burn the ships, when I got this apartment and, and we were ending the tour and we were moving to Frisco, like, I put the bus up for sale and everybody's like, oh shit, you're selling the bus. Oh shit. Well, I've been traveling for almost four years straight now. And the bus is that plan B. It's always like, well, if this doesn't work out, we could always get back in the bus or all, oh, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And it's like, a lot of people are like, oh, you need to Airbnb it or you need to. And it's like, no, man, I'm ready to burn that. I'm ready to get rid of the bus so that there is no plan B, that there is no, oh, I can go back or I can do this or I can do that. And it's straight up feet down grab a hold yeah. of the rope and pull on this bitch until you die absolutely man you know like you were saying too like a lot of people think that oh you can change overnight that shit doesn't work man like we're still working on a lot of stuff but man i can tell you that after 
because after Colorado, I I I know if you are familiar with Jory, he's in Apex too. Uh, he is a good friend of mine, and he's he was in the same industry. He still owns kiosk in the mall, and through other people that we that knew that we knew in common, he contacted me, and that's how I end up in Reno, you know, working with him. And for me, that was like like a time of like of rest, you know, because like he brought me in, he helped me, he he offered me security, you know, like, I know what you're going through. I know it's hard where you like, he, I told him everything that I was going through that was illegal and every, all that shit, man. And he was one of the biggest supports in my life, you know? So wow. from that moment, I was like, like everything started aligning too, you know, because I, I, I connected with a church in Reno. Then I ended up meeting Kayla. We end up getting married. Then we fucking moved to Dallas and, and it's been a roller coaster, man. It's not, it's not been easy. A lot of people is, Oh yeah, you guys are power couple and all that stuff, but we have gone through a lot of shit, man, you know, sure. but, but man, one of the things that those six years taught me is like, just fucking take the risk. You know, we have taken so much risk. We got to a point. I never going to forget that moment, man, because I remember uh, Kayla one time, she was like, man, I think I'm going to have to go back and find a job because we're fucking struggling financially. It's like, you know, you, no, you don't. You, you're not going to go get a fucking job. We need to figure this out because that's what we are as entrepreneurs. We need to, we, we're taking risks. We're sacrificing a bunch of stuff. We're doing what other people are not willing to do. I, in, I even end up delivering groceries, man, because that was like a 1099 job. You know, like I have my time. I can control this shit. I build my own system. And I was, and I was making fucking four or $500 a day in five hours, you know? And what I would figure, what we were trying to figure out everything. So I had to do it. We have to take those sacrifices and take those jobs uh, or like side hustles to keep us alive, you know? And we did, but I wouldn't be able to do all that shit that we did if I wouldn't gone through all the process that I went through. You know what I mean? Yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. So you you went from Colorado to Reno, and that's where you met Kayla. What year did you meet her? Uh, almost four years ago. That was 2017. Wow. And 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 how did you guys meet? Well, it's funny, man, because uh, so I was working that it was a Christmas, and I was working at uh, one of our kiosks, and I was by myself, man. It was I think it was the twenty third. I was by myself and I was like, it was already like seven o'clock and I was like, man, I just want to go home, you know? And uh, one of our Kias, I was right in front of Victoria's Secret. So I will get all the ladies walking into Victoria's Secret and sell them something, you know? And she was walking to Victoria's Secret when I stopped her. And then we end up having like an hour long conversation and I just show her some skincare and makeup. And Pedro's here putting makeup on himself <laughs> and shit. <laughs> you can... <laughs> So long story short, man, I end up taking all her fucking money, even her cash. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it's funny because that's, I always joke around. And that same night we went on, a, we went out with, with her and one of her friends. And then next day was Christmas. I invited her with my family to have dinner. And it was funny because the next day she's like, uh, are you, what are you doing today? So I'm just going to go to church and then go to my family. And she's like, oh yeah, I'm going to church too. What church are you going to go? Like we, we were going to the same church the same day Damn. Know, for Christmas. So, so that was something I wanted to ask you because we've talked a little bit about God and, and me and you've had, a, a, you know, we, we, we've, we've got a different situation going on now, but have you, what, when did God play a part in your life or when did you, like for me, it's been in the last six months and you've obviously got to watch it, but when, like you were going to church, you were doing all these things, even all the way back then. So when do you feel like you were uh, running with God? Well, I was saying about the time I met Kayla, you know, even that I became a Christian when I was like, I don't know, man, I was like, I don't even remember. I think I was like 12 or 13 years old, but my entire life, I never had a, like a relationship with God, you know, and, and he's, and, and he's different because growing up too, man, um, I know this happens here too, back in Guatemala, especially in Latin countries, man, it's just a lot of legalism and a lot of legalistic uh, religious views in church and all that stuff, man. So, dude, I grew up thinking that I was like, I got to a point in my life where I was like, fuck this, man. Like, like, how can I make you happy, man? Like, like everything I do is fucking insane. Like, how, how, how are you supposed to live then? You know? But thank God, man, when I found this church in Reno, they, they helped me and they opened my eyes to realize, I know, man, like, it's okay if you mess things up. You know, you're a human, right? Like, like, you're saved by grace and, 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 and that doesn't mean they have to be perfect. One day you're going to be perfect because there's only one that is perfect. That's Jesus. Right. But 
the thing is that, and that's what I learned that all this Christian's life is not about perfection. It's about progression, you know, and since then I've been starting progressing, but I think recently, I think last year, man, I think one of my biggest wins for 2021 is to really got more involved in church and, and got involved, like really start building the habit of, of digging into the word of God and, and, and praying and all that stuff. So I think that's been a life changing, man. And, and, and being more faithful, you know, being more faithful with, with our offerings and our tithes and all that stuff. So that's, and it's been a great, great blessing for us. Good. So when did you and Kayla get married and when did you move to Dallas? Was it around the same time? Well, so I met her six months, six, six months later, we got married, you know, yeah, <laughs> we, it happened real quick. It was, it, it is, it is a fun story, man, because I met her like a week after I met her, uh, I got in troubles with my roommate that, uh, at that time that he was also, he was, I was living at that time with my, uh, my cousin's friend, the one who hooked me up to come here. Uh, we were, because we were in the same business and, uh, up to that year in 2018 17 uh, we were still working together man but he got involved with a really bad person a lot of drama a lot of issues that day we end up getting into a fight you know like i kick his ass my friend jory he ended up picking me up in kayla and because i was i was drunk and it was a huge mess man so um at that point they kicked me out of the apartment and Kayla at that point, she was, it was funny because she was, a uh, she was working in a apartment complex in, in property management, you know? So I met her week after all these problems start happening. They kicked me out of the apartment. I went to live with my cousin for a couple of weeks until I found a place. Uh, well, actually immediately this, the next day, they kicked me out. Kayla found me a place where it would not be ready like two weeks later. So it was funny how everything just started falling in place. You know, it's like, okay, I don't have where to live, but this girl can hook me up with a, even a better price. This is freaking awesome, you know? And th that's how our relationship started, man. I think from day one, we've been, we've been together. We haven't, we haven't been apart from each other, man, since day one. We've been in all this shit together. Everything that you know about us, about being part of Apex and all that stuff, we've been together in everything, man. You know, it's, it's, it's incredible. I it's, dig it. Yeah, I, I was writing down because you made you made something happen in my head. And I remember when I was dating the girl before Tanya, I I had so many problems and everything was always fucked up and it, it, drunk and cheating and, and money. And I had to travel all over for work and all this shit. Did you ever wonder if it was ever going to not be fucked up or did, like like here you got this dude, you're living at his house. Everything's cool. You get drunk, you get into a fight, you get kicked out. It's like, did you ever wonder if it wasn't going to be fucked up once, like just one time where nothing was going to be fucked up? Yeah, of, of course, man. I was like, fuck this, man. This, I, I was going to have to deal with this shit. Like, like yeah. I don't care anymore. <laughs> yeah, of yeah. Course, like, you, yeah, I really yeah. thought that. That's funny. Second, yeah. yeah. It just made me, it just made me realize, like, I remember literally thinking that like, man, there was a time in my life where I literally thought that, oh, but just must going to be fucked up forever. Like this just must be how it's going to be. Man, and you know what? Uh, I think, uh, and, and I thought even way before that, man, because man, especially when I moved here, man, my life was like, I, I was like, I was fucking whoever got in front of me, man. That's, I was just, that's, that's who I was, you know? Yeah. Like, like I will be playing around with a bunch of women and all that stuff. Um, but months, a couple of months before I met Kayla, um, I decided to stop all that stuff. You know, I was like, no, I cannot keep going with all this, you know? Yeah, that's cool. So you, when did you guys move to Dallas? So my 17, 2018, um, we got married six months later. And then, uh, that the same year we joined Apex men and, we moved to um, we moved to Dallas in November 2019. Yeah, because right by the by February 2019, I finally got my my I got my green card. You know, so I was completely legal again. So that was yeah. exciting. <laughs> so 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 explain that to me. This whole time from basically 2015 to 2019, you're you're basically illegal. Yeah, and you're living here. Yeah. So how do you, what pro, like, what is the process to go through to like, yo, I'm living here, but I can sure use a green card if you guys wanted to hook me up or like, what, what is that like? Well, in this case, because I was married to an American woman, um, 
you have to just start a process with immigration, you know, like there's a process, you have to submit some paperwork and all that stuff. Like she can request you, uh, or she, like in this case, she was able to request me because I was uh, her husband to get a green card and start a process to, to be a, a legal citizen here in the US, you know? So that's how I did it. Uh, before that, man, I, I mean, pretty much there's no other, any other option. I mean, you have any other, uh, some other options, but it costs you a lot of money or you have to leave the country. Most likely you're not going to come back in a couple of years. They're not going to allow you to go back. They're going to give you some penalties. It's, it's, it's not an easy process, man. And, and, but man, you know, like, like I'm telling you, man, I think in everything that I have done, not like you making me think and everything that I, that has happened in the past eight years, man, uh, I think, I think God has, been very very good to me man i think on everything i can i can give you and i can testify of his grace on everything man i promise you because dude when we went when i went to my interview for immigration to get my green card we met with our lawyer and uh we pretty much rehearsed the entire interview you know and she makes you go through a bunch of like the hardest questions they even sometimes they separate you they ask you shit like what type of underwear they your your spouse were like None. Yeah. <laughs> right they make you they make you like draw your your room and how does how, where, where's every single thing in your room where do you sleep like a bunch of things like that man Dude, shit that you can't pre pre-plan like oh we'll just go yeah. in and tell them we're, we're homies exactly you know so man we went into the office of this officer immigration officer he was just reviewing the documents. Like he asked me probably like two or three questions. We were there maybe like 40 minutes from the moment that we parked in, 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 in the immigration office to we were waiting wait on, the, on the waiting room to we got his office. Maybe his office was spent like 10 minutes like that. They don't ask me for nothing, man. We were in shock. Even our lawyer was like, that shit never happens. You know, like the guy really loves you, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And that's, I'm so glad that you said that dude, because when I went through my book, basically it was everything up until that day that I was done writing it was like, as I was writing it, it was like, damn, he was definitely rolling with me that day. Even though I didn't think so, he was definitely rolling with me. And ultimately, man, what I figured out when I was all said and done was he'd been running with me the whole time. I just wasn't running with him. And until he made it apparent to me at warrior night, and, and, and pulled me front and center and said, yo, man, like my hands on your head, you're with me now. Like, let's, let's run together. Yeah. And, and, and as I was able to flash back all the way, you know, back to when I was knee high to a duck and, and, and see all of like, oh yeah, he was there for sure. Oh, oh yep. Yep. He was definitely, you know, it's, it's wild to think that the only way you can manu- man like make this shit up is God's been with you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like yesterday we moved into this apartment, man. We've had so many blessings in the last two weeks. Like it's, it's just absolutely incredible. Every piece of furniture literally got delivered here from nice. whoever I bought it off of Facebook marketplace. And like, it, it just, every single piece just completely lined up from the Airbnb that we found to the rental car, to the car that we bought, to the apartment we got to like, it's just, I'm, I'm literally five minutes from Mark's gym and I'm seven minutes from the church. Sweet. Like, it, it blessings on blessings on blessings that you know five years ago i would have been like shit look what i did you know what i mean yeah, today i'm absolutely. like thank you I'm, I'm so grateful for everything that you just did because i didn't do any of this you're the one that made yeah. it all happen and it, like you said it was it was simple i didn't have to force nothing I didn't, it was just like here next here next. you know what i mean yeah and you know man now that you mentioned that I'm not going to lie to you. During all these eight years, man, and especially when I was illegal, I did a lot of stupid shit that couldn't get me deported. You know, sure. like, I couldn't, I couldn't, there were so many situations where I couldn't get a DUI and that will fuck me for the rest of my life. I will never be able to come back here because that's how stupid you are, you know, sometimes. And man, now that I think about, when I think about those, those things that I did that didn't think about the consequences, man, it's, it, it really shows me like, like really, there has to be a purpose for me, you know, for God to be so gracious, gracious with me to never allow me to get into those problems, especially man, because my friend or, well, we're not friends anymore, but my friends, cousin, the one that we were roommates in Reno and all that stuff, he made so many wrong decisions as well, man. But I don't know. I don't, I, 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 there's, there has to be something in his life that I don't know because after I left, uh, after our fight, I left, I found my own place and all that stuff. Six months later, man, 
his wife knocks on my door at 6 a.m. crying because he was in freaking jail. And he was in jail because uh, he went out the night before. And I was actually that night before we took all of our employees to play bowling. And he just stayed out, went to the strip club and do a bunch of stuff, went back home, got in a fight with him, with her, um, like pretty much hurt her. And then they have another roommate and they called the cops and they took him. Uh, he got deported six months later, man, because he was in the same situation as, 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 as I was. And he even got married before I did, you know, uh, with this crazy woman. And But he never took responsibility of taking care of this, his situation, you know. He just said, like, whatever, you know. So he never started any process. He never started fixing anything. So he spent like almost four months in jail for domestic violence. And then he got deported, you know. Damn. So when I think about all those things, man, and I'm here, like my life, like for the past three years, man, since I joined Apex, since I started surrounded with people like you and, and the people in our network, man, it's like, it's been life changing, you know, like I've been changing a lot of my even bad habits that I still had until this day. I quit smoking. I don't drink as much as I used to, you know, and, and, and I see things differently, you know, and I'm, and I'm blessed and I'm, and I'm so grateful that I was able to like overcome those situations, you know, like, like now being a legal citizen again, well, next year I'm starting my, my process to the citizenship. So no more, like that, that's the ultimate goal, you know? So, so uh, how long does that take? So I think I can apply it uh, on my third year of being a resident. And then that's going to in February next year. That's going to, it's going to be three years since I got my residency. So I think I can start a process and I think you just take a couple of months, man, just to send documents, uh, hear back from them so they give you an appointment you have to pass the test and all that stuff and and that's it that's gonna be the end of the road <laughs> for are you journey. Are, are you preparing for the test now not yet not yet man I, st I still hasn't worked on it i need to start looking at what 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 it what what they require for that but uh but yeah man that's the ultimate goal so you know when i think about like the stupid things that i did my similar things that he did too Obviously, I never hit a woman. I never mistreated somebody. I never got into issues like he did a lot. Uh, never do a lot of stupid shit that he did. But but we were both in the same situation, man. I, I see it. The way I see it is like I think God gave us the same opportunity. See who can he, see who's gonna take it, you know, and he's gonna do the right thing. Yeah, I I think I think I disagree somewhere there. I believe, man, we're also on our own path that. I believe me and you could run together our whole lives and we could make the same decisions and one of us would turn out this way and the other one would get arrested yeah. and this one, you know what I'm saying? And, and I believe that those are your tests. Those are your, like you weren't meant to get arrested. You weren't meant to, you were, he, he's going to learn some lessons in jail that he needed to learn so that he can move on and do his purpose. Like, yeah, I, 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 I that's my belief. That's where I come from. Just because we know so many people like this dude did a couple years in prison but this dude did 10 times worse shit he never even got arrested and, and like it like i literally dude was cocked back ready to shatter the sheriff's windshield with a get back whip and that dude never even pulled me over at 3 a.m going 100 miles an hour on a motorcycle wow. like you know what i'm saying like i believe yeah. that if that was what was supposed to happen then that's what's supposed to happen and 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 i can't i can't prove that you know i can't prove any of it but i i i think that everybody has their own destiny and in, in, in yeah you're gonna figure it out along the way you know i agree with that too uh but i think also what i the point that i wanted to make was i think god gives you the opportunities too you know and, and sometimes people like like you you get why you what i mean if you don't take those opportunities eventually you're gonna have to pay the consequences you know yeah I yeah i totally I agree with that yeah. yeah, I totally agree. Like, here's a chance. Oh, you screwed it up. Cool. Now you go to jail and hopefully you can learn it there. Oh, you didn't learn it there. Cool. Head to prison. Maybe you'll learn it there. Like eventually, yeah. yes, you have to learn the lesson. Absolutely, man. So, but anyway, man, it's, it's at the end of the day, man, it's just crazy to look back and see how far I have come and uh, now have a complete different mindset and, and a different perspective of life and, and where I want to go the things that we want to do, like, we're not, we're not dreaming small anymore. You know, like, we're not like, like, oh yeah, well, one day I hope I can retire. And like, no, man, that's not going to be my life. I want to keep working, keep helping and, and, and really, really cause an impact, you know? Yeah. Like, something that can change, change, change lives, you know, and, and, and really help people that have to go through shit like I did, you know? Yeah. 
No, I dig it, man. And that's obviously that's why I wanted to have you on. I wanted you to be able to share your story. The more people we can share that are, you know, started out kind of rough and, and that are, are doing a way better today. It, it just gives for me like one of the biggest things I learned in this last year was like a lot of people look at our pastor, Pastor Keith, as like, you know, a spiritual father and all this stuff. And for me, he gave him and Steve Weatherford, they gave me hope. And, and, and for two different reasons, like Keith, when you see that man speak, like, you know, he's got a good marriage, he's got a good business, he's got a good church, he's got a good mindset, like every part about him he has that is good. And that provides hope for me, like, damn, I can, oh, okay, I can take some shit from there and I can, I can improve yeah. my marriage, I can improve my business, I can improve my stuff. And Steve was the same way, like, you know, even though he was a Super Bowl champion, like he still had his own struggles and it was like, that provides hope for me. Like, okay, there's still a chance. There's still opportunity for me to continue to learn and grow. Well, there's legitimately people that are sitting back that just joined Apex today or just found me or you on the internet. And it's like, yo, man, them guys have changed their shitload. I want to be just like them or I want to learn from them. And so for me, like all the way back to your, I, I believe our purpose is that we have to take our tests and, and let God use us. And, and, and now we have to spread that testimony that you can go from here to here and be right with the world, do the right thing, be the right person so that you can provide hope and perseverance for the next person and that they can get it. So when they're too far gone, it's like, well, shit, this guy did this and this and this, I still have a chance. Absolutely, man. I totally agree with that, you know, that's, yeah, that's absolutely right. So so in closing, me and you got a big year ahead of us. We both signed up for for Mighty Men at the church. We're going to go through it together. And yeah. uh, I'm, I'm super excited about that. Me Obviously, too, that was kind of like the beginning of Warrior Night for me. They was they was kind of graduating all the all the mighty men that night when I was there. And so immediately I was like, yo, what is this? How do I become a part of it and, and do all that? So both you and I signed up for it this year. We're going to do it in 2022. Um, I'm looking forward to that. But yeah, my, my last question for you, man, is, is, is you've been through a lot of shit, but you're also standing on the other side. So my question to you is, what would you say for you personally is, is a way that you have found your strength going through your struggle? Well, man, you know, based on everything that I just told you and thinking about my journey for the past eight years, man. Um, now I'm sick struggle, <laughs> you know, now I seek to be in situations where I'm under pressure, you know, like when I'm setting my goals, when I'm doing stuff like that is, 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 especially right now that we about to start a new year, man, I, I cannot just keep playing small. I need to put something that's going to put a lot of pressure. It's going to give me a lot of struggle because that's where I develop myself. You know, I, 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 I cannot operate anymore if there's no struggle in my life, you know, like I need to have pressure in my life, whether that's in business, that where that's, we have a deadline to close deals, whether that's in the relationship, whatever it is in the gym, you know, with my health, like, I think the struggle, man, have really helped me. And it, it's like, they say, you know, it's like, like, like pressure makes diamonds. Right. So going through the pressure, man, and a lot of people, and, and this is what I want to say to people too, is, is, if you're in the middle of the struggle, like you have to appreciate that because you, you are becoming stronger. You are, if you're here to this day, we all have struggled with that shit, right? I've had a big struggles this, this year, man. And uh, once I came out of there, man, I realized that I was better. I realized that, oh my God, I have more ability to do certain things. I have improved my, the way I manage my time. I have improved the way I manage my, my, my finances. I have improved the way I manage my resources and all that stuff. So for me, man, it's, it's just, it just is something that you have to learn or to appreciate. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. And the hardest part is when you're in the shit, it's hard to be grateful for it. When you're struggling your ass off, it's hard to be joyful. You know, the Bible said that like when we're struggling, it's, it's building us up. It's, it's making us stronger. It's doing all these things, but it's like, that's the hardest time to be joyful, you know, like, but, but yeah. when you, when you go through a bunch of it and you realize that when you do come out of it, cause there will be a, when you do come out of it, that you are a completely different person. And it's like, Oh shit. Okay. Now I see why I went through all that. Yeah. And you know, man, there's two things that I use a lot uh, for me to like get in that mindset of really seeing the struggle in a different way and knowing that if there's something coming my way, that is going to be a struggle is because I, it, it means that I'm going to have to get stronger in some way or form. 
And uh, the two things that I used to keep reminding me of that, man, is the gym. That's why I do CrossFit because like every time I go in there, I know that shit is going to be so freaking painful, but I go intentionally and I do it because I love it. And, and, and that has given me the mindset and the strength to apply in business in other areas of my life. If I like, I can get deal with this shit, you know, like, and I can do 150 wall balls. I can do whatever comes my way, you know? And the yeah. other one, man, is just to be intentional with what I, with how I keep reminding myself of that. Like, if you see our, our, our mirror in the, in the bathroom right now, it has a bunch of posted around the frame because I have to keep reminding myself of like where I come from and, and who I am, especially in God, you know, like, like really keep reminding me that, that no matter what happens, he's going to provide, you know, and he has provided, man. I, I, I have no idea how we have come through, how, how we have come this far with Kayla. And when we look at our numbers in previous years and all that stuff, like how in the hell we survived, you know, but it's because he's been there, man. He just has provided. He's always provides no matter how, how hard it is. And like I said, like suffering, like going through trials and tribulations, that's how, um god makes man you know yeah that's what i learned recently you need to I, I need to get you that book man yeah i like it i dig it man well shit brother thank you for coming on today thank you for being a part of my life i look forward to 2022 and running with you guys uh you're gonna be there tonight at church we're gonna be there man yeah yeah absolutely i will see you there yeah i plan on being there you got any last words you want to say to the people no man just um Keep pushing, like keep working hard. Don't be afraid of doing the hard shit, you know, because that's what helps you grow. And that's what really brings fulfillment. Fulfillment, And like I always say, man, like work hard and live hard. You know, that's my motto. Like that's always sick to do the hard shit because that's rewarding. <laughs> I dig it, man. Well, thanks a lot, Pedro. I appreciate you guys. Everybody go give him a follow. I'll put, I'll put all your stuff in the, in the, in the notes on the, on the episode and all of that. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Strength Through Struggle podcast. Please give it a like, a share, and uh, be sure and subscribe. Much love, y'all.